Thanks for listening to the Tower Hill Church Podcast. Our prayer is that today's message will challenge and inspire you to pursue Jesus and to love people to life. Hey, we're in our series this morning, In God We Trust. Do we really trust God? Do we really trust God with everything? See, and we want to talk about trusting God, but we also want to talk this morning about giving that matters. Giving that matters. So would you just pray with me right now? Father, as we come to go into the word of God this morning, would you just speak through me, O God, that I would just be obedient to you, to hear your voice, O God? And Father, you'd open the hearts of the hearers right now, Lord, to be able to hear your word and take it in and become all that you want them to be. In Jesus' name, amen. As we get into the word, think about this for just a few moments. I'll give you a little introduction. We're going to be going talking about, in First uh, Second Corinthians chapter 8, we're going to be talking about Paul and how Paul uses the Macedonian church to, to encourage the, the Corinthian church to follow through on their giving and to give out of a heart of love. But, be, but before we get there, let's look at some other things. I want you to look at this quote from uh, Winston Churchill. It says, we make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. We make a life by what we give. Before we give in any way that, is truly, that truly matters, we must realize that giving is better than receiving. Yeah. Do you believe that? That giving is better than receiving? It really is. Matter of fact, the, uh, Paul wrote about, or Luke wrote about it, but Paul mentions in uh, Acts chapter 20. He says, I have, I have, been, constant, I have been a constant remind, uh, example of how you can help those who are in need. Work hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. You know, there's so many times I've been on mission trips, different places, and we're going there. I remember in Africa, we were in Africa, and we went there, and we were going to bless this pastor and everything, and they had nothing. I mean, mean, it was a mud church. I mean, just everything. All of a sudden, we're sitting there, and it's hot and everything. All of a sudden, these these people that have no money whatsoever bring in cases of cold Coca-Cola. We have no idea where they got them from. But they they would not take any of them and served us. And Man, it was such a blessing to see that and and to do. And and giving to the Lord, it is an honor. Amen? It is a privilege to be able to give to the Lord. And so we understand giving is more blessed to give than to receive. There's some several principles I want to talk about this morning in our scripture verses. But first is this. We must give out of love. We must give out of love. How many of God, God wants us to, to give out of our hearts of love for him? That's tithing is all about giving out of your heart of love to God. It belongs to him. And because you love him, because of what he's done for you, you're giving back to him. But understand this. Out of God's love for us, he gave his son to die in our place. He gave his son to die in our place. Matter of fact, God started it all about giving. Look at this. In John 3, 16, you know this scripture. It says, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God started that, church. He initiated it. He, made, he reached out and gave his son one of the, his most treasured possessions. Jesus set his glory aside. He was, he was, him, it was the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. They were equal. And Jesus set his aside and came and was born of a man. God sent his son for you and I. See, look, look what Isaiah 53 says about this. It says, but it was, God, it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and to cause him grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life, and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hand. 
See, that was God. Think about it. That, Isaiah says it, it was God's good pleasure to crush him. That's God giving. Amen? Giving starts with him. Matter of fact, you, you know, uh, Josh a few moments ago made mention about, about Jesus dying for us. And what a miracle that is. But see, when Jesus was going to the cross, he was agonizing in his flesh, asking the Father to take this from me. But I want you to look what Hebrews chapter 2, or 12, verse 2 says. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now look at this church. Church, it says the joy that was set before him. What was the joy that was set before him? The joy was he looked off and he knew that he was paying for the sins of the world. And that's the reason he endured the cross and went to the cross. So it shows God's love, that God loves us so much that he, then Jesus looked through all the pain and everything, said, Father, I'll do your will. And he went and bought our redemption. Church, that's giving. God gives out of love, and we are to give out of love. The second thing I want you to see in the principle about giving is we must give out of joy. Joy, having joy in our heart. Now, I told you Paul was using, and go, go over to first, uh, 2 Corinthians, and uh, chapter 8 is where we're going to be for the remainder of the day. Listen, not in a day, but just for this morning, okay? It says, but see, Paul is using the Macedonian church in a sense, to bring conviction or even shame the church in Corinth. Because the church in Corinth, you're going to see in a few moments, they were, they, they were ready to give first. But some, for some reason, how many know sometimes we all get real excited about doing something, right? And it gets started, all of a sudden we forget about it. And this is kind of what happened with the Corinthian church. And this is why Paul's writing them. So, look at the, so the second thing, we must give out of joy. Look at this. Verse 2, it says, They were being tested... By many troubles. He's talking about the Macedonian church to them. He, oh, let me back up to verse 1. I skipped verse 1. Verse 1 says, Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that God in his kindness has done through the church of Macedonia. They were being tested by many troubles, and they are very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy, which overflowed into rich generosity. Think about what he just said. These people were poor. They were having trouble. They were going through hardship. There was persecution taking place. There was a lot of things taking place. But they gave out of joy to the Lord. And it said it overflowed into rich generosity. They, were, they, they, gave, they gave out of joy. They were joyful givers. How many is a joyful giver this morning? You know, I, I, I look forward to being able to give to missions. And I look forward to being able to get a tithe to the Lord and give offerings. And I see somebody is in need. I want to help. See, church, we got to get joy out. We got to understand God wants us to be joyful givers also. But I will tell you, he'll receive it from a grump too, okay? Just so you know. <laughs> but we, must, we must, give, must give out of the joy of the Lord and, and worship God while we're doing it. When you drop your offering in the boxes in the back, you ought to drop it off and just say, God, I just thank you and honor you for this opportunity to give. Amen? Because it is an opportunity to bless him and to worship him. It should be a part of your worship. And church, not only that, were they given out of joy, but look at this. We must give sacrificially. Sacrificially. That's what the, that's, look what Paul writes to them. He says, I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it on their own free will. Think about it. There's a church that's being persecuted. They're having troubled times. Things are going bad. I mean, they're very poor. And Paul's saying, I'm testifying, they did more than what they could even afford. That's amazing to me. They gave sacrificially. See, it says in uh, verse 4, 
of chapter 8, it says, They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift to the believers in Jerusalem. See, the money was not going to the, the disciples. The disciples were taking it back to help the people in, in uh, Jerusalem that are hurting, that's, part, that's in trouble and different things. And God has called us, church, to be willing to give that we can touch people's lives. Amen? The monies that, and, and the gifts that God has brought into our church is not for us to consume it upon our own. It's for us to reach our community. It's for us to reach around the world. Amen? You, you almost think I was preaching a missions message this morning. But I, I'm not. I, I'm talking about being sacrificial. And he said they gave beyond what they could afford. He says, now, he said they begged us. Look at verse 4. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing the gift to the believers in Jerusalem. See, church, they gave beyond what they could. Because they wanted to. They, they weren't being coerced to do that, Paul said. And then look at verse 5. It says, it says they, did, they did more than, the, than we had hoped. For first, their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and then to us. See, God wants us to be first, give ourselves to him. Amen? Honor him. And, and church, when you start honoring God and you start wanting to do what God wants, giving becomes a joy. It doesn't become something, oh, I got to do this again. Giving, not just to the church, but giving to others, being generous with your life. See, they took their gift to a whole other level. They took their giving to a whole other level than Macedonians did. They couldn't afford to give. They didn't have things. They were poor, but they did it anyhow. They gave. They shared with the people that were in need. And they first, they gave themselves first to the Lord. Church, the next thing in principle here is we must keep our commitment. Anybody ever made a commitment and didn't keep it? I mean, all of us at times, I know I'd, I've made commitments at times in the past and didn't keep them, but we must keep our commitment. And this is what Paul is saying now in verse 6. He says, so have, have, we have urged Titus, who encouraged you, your giving in the first place, to return to you and encourage you to finish the ministry of giving. See, the Corinthian church had gotten lax now, and they were not fulfilling the, what they had committed to do. When Titus first visited them, they said, oh, yeah, we want to give. We want to make a commitment. And they made this commitment to help the church in Jerusalem. But at the same time, this time has gone by. They haven't done it. They're not doing it. And so he's telling them how the Macedonian church is a poor church, don't have much, but they're doing it. But I want to encourage you to get on, on the stick and begin to give. That's what he was telling the Corinthian church. He said in verse 7, he said, look at this. Since you excel in so many ways, now he's bragging on them a little bit, in your faith, in your gifted speaker, speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, your love for us, I want, to, I want you to excel also in the grace, gracious act of giving. I mean, he's, he's buttering them up. In a sense, he's comparing the two churches, but he's saying, listen, you got a lot of things going for you. You got, your, you got faith, you got the gifts, you got great speakers, you got all kinds of knowledge, you got enthusiasm, but you know what? There's your, your giving, your commitment is not as strong as you said it was. And I, I know this is, this is something that we have to look at. Now, look at verse, uh, jump down to verse 10. We'll come back to the other verses in just a second. He says, here's my advice. This is what Paul's advising them to do. It would be good for you to finish what you started a year ago. Now, this has been a year since they made this commitment. And they haven't get done, done anything since that point in time, apparently. And he says, it would be great if you just finish what you started a year ago. Last year, you were the first, first who wanted to give, and you were the first to begin doing it. He says, now you should finish what you started. 
Church, when we make a commitment, how many know we should finish that commitment? Not just in giving, but in anything in life. We should be people who, who we, we, our word is our bond. We, when you make a commitment, you stay with that. You know, when my son was younger, he played sports. And one year, he wanted to play baseball. And so he played baseball, and about in the middle of the season, he did okay. And he goes, Dad, I don't really want to play. I want to quit. I said, Garrett, you're not quitting. I made him stick with his. I said, you made a commitment to this team. You're not stopping until you're done. And if you never want to play baseball again, that's fine. You don't have to. He never played baseball again after that year, but that's okay. But I wasn't going to let him quit. I wasn't going to let him quit in the middle of something he made a commitment to. And now he says in verse 11, now you should finish what you started. Let this eagerness you showed in the beginning be matched now by your giving. Give in proportion to what you have. Now think about that. He says, finish what you started. But he says, but also uh, you were eager to do this. And he says, now finish the work. Do what you said you're going to do. Worship God and allow God to do that. See, some of us are good about doing certain things and we're not so good about others. And here's the thing. The things we're good at, we, we are okay with. But some things get kind of treacherous for us or hard for us. We decide, well, I won't keep that. I won't do that. But if you've committed to it, you do it, even if it's difficult. Amen? Even if it hurts. So we, the next principle I want you to look at is we must give with sincerity. With sincerity. He says, I'm not commanding you to do this, Paul said. But look at this. I love this because he's really throwing the Macedonian church back in their face. He says, he says but I'm testing how genuinely you love us. Your love is by comparing it with the eagerness of other churches. The other churches, he's really talking about the Macedonian church, okay? You know the, the gracious grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Through, though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that by his poverty you could be made rich. Now, don't listen to that word there for a moment. Jesus laid down his riches. He became poor that we could become rich. That's not talking financially. That's talking about we could be rich in Christ Jesus. We can be rich in who Christ Jesus is. He says he laid it aside. He came in our, and took our place on the cross. And this is church is so much. He gave, he gave that we might be rich in him. And this is what Paul's saying to the Macedonian church. He's saying, listen, you, you, God wants you to, God has given you so much and you are to bless the church in Israel and you're to keep that commitment. Now he says, see, life on earth, how many of you know, is a test? How many of you know, life on earth is a test? You know, you're you're getting ready for heaven, okay? We're getting ready one day to go to be with Jesus. This is a test. I I look at everything in my life as a test at times. And how do I handle that? How do I handle the test when it comes to, uh, I remember years ago, I I didn't have a lot of money. And we would say, well, do we pay this bill or what do we do? What do we do? Do we tithe? I don't know. We can't afford, you know, but we begin to tithe and just honor God with that. And God began to bless, church. That's, what, that's God's way of blessing us. But you are, our life is a test right now. And sometimes it's tested in our giving. Are we, are we giving meaningful? See, church, I want to encourage you to finish any commitment you've made. Finish it. Just go ahead and do what God has called you to do. Oh, amen? Amen, church? Amen. See, listen. Philippians, uh, Philippians uh, 2, verse 5 and 8 says this. Let's... 
know Je- uh, let's know Je- uh, Jesus laid down his glory. Let's us know that Jesus laid down his glory so we could take, we could be, come to earth and so we could become rich in Christ. See, the sixth thing I want you to look at this morning is this. We must give according to what we have. How many of God doesn't ask you to give more than you have? He doesn't. He gives to you that you can give to every good works, the word of God says. Now look at this. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 12. Whatever you give is acceptable if you do it eagerly. And give according to what you have, not what you don't have. He said, whatever you give is acceptable. Remember, Pastor Matt used the example last week of the, 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 the guys that came into the temple and they had these, these big metal containers that people would drop money into it. And people would just drop money and make it all this noise going down. And all of a sudden, this one little lady came in and dropped right in a couple of pennies. And what happened? Jesus said, she gave more than all of them. It wasn't the amount, it was the heart. See, God, does, God doesn't look at the amount. He looks at the heart. Amen? And that's what God wants you to do in everything you do. Be eager. Be eager to give. He says, whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly and give according to what you have, not what you don't have. Now, listen to what Paul says here in the next verse. He says, of course, I don't mean your giving should make life easier for others and hard for yourself. No. You know, there's times in my life I, Pastor Justin, I was talking about this this week. There's times in my life that when I, I was so zealous to want to give, I would give more than I could afford and put my, my family in jeopardy sometimes, lacking things because I wanted to just give, give, give. And my wife, my wife was so gracious to me during that time, and, she's, and she still is. But, I mean, the thing about it is we have to be willing to give what we can afford. Amen. Now, when you do a faith promise, you're just saying, I'm trusting God to do something through me during that time. But look what he says. He goes on. He says, he says, I don't uh, verse verse 14. Right now you have plenty. You can help those who are in need later. They will they will have plenty and can share with you when you are in need. It is this it is in this way. Things will be equal. See this as the scripture says, those who gather a lot have nothing left. Over and those who gather only a little has enough. See, it's it's should not be. It's uh, it's about equal sacrifice, not equal giving. Amen. It's somebody can give. Somebody may be able to give fifty thousand or five hundred thousand dollars. Somebody may only be able to give five dollars. But you know what? It's all about the heart. That we, we honor God with our giving. Let me not just put it in dollars, but it may, be just, it may be just being generous with your life of touching people. Taking your time, your talents, whatever it is, and giving it to the Lord. And saying, God, if you made a commitment to teach Sunday school or a home group, stay with that commitment until it's done. If you made a commitment to work in children's ministry, stay with that commitment until it's done. If you made a commitment to work in women's ministry, rangers, whatever, you stay with that commitment till it's done. Amen? I mean, that's what God has called us to do. It's about equal, it's about equal sacrifice, not equal giving. It says, one last quote here, it says, for it is in giving that we receive. That is a true statement. It is in giving that we receive. Now understand, I'm not talking about people that 
abuse the whole thing of saying you give $100, you're going to get $1,000 back. I'm not talking about that. God blesses you back. You receive so many other blessings besides just financial blessings. You, healing in your body. You, you, there's peace in your household. I mean, that's what God wants. And how many of from the very beginning of this series, what was it? Everything belongs to him. Everything. Everything belongs to him. Even the next breath of air you take belongs to him. Amen? I'm going to ask the worship team to come. I, I'm about to go over time here. But church, God has called us to be generous people. He hasn't ever asked us to be stingy. He's asked us to be generous people. Amen? Now listen. These principles about giving, you, read, you can read them in there in, the, in 2 Corinthians. But God desires us to be generous with our life. And I'm just going to ask you this morning, are you generous with your life? Are you a generous person? That would you, you, would, you would actually go out of your way to help someone? Even though it might cost you your time? See, because time comes from God, God gives us that too. What about with your talents? Are you using your talents for God? Are you being generous with your talent to help others to minister into their life? Are you being faithful to God in your giving? your time, your talent, your resources. And one day we'll all have to give an account for that before God. We'll have to give an account of how we use his resources, his gifts, and his talent that he put in you in time. And I asked you this morning, how are you doing with that? I heard a quote, I read a quote the other day, it says, nobody's ever gone broke by giving. Because when you give, God just pours more and more into, your, into you to just do more. You know, I believe that's one of the reasons this church has been so blessed over the years. Because it's, we've been a giving church. You've been a giving people. I, I mean, I'm not preaching this today because I'm looking for your money or whatever. No, it's, it's, it's the word of God. But what I'm trying to hope you understand, being generous, God will bless you for it. God will bless you for it. You know, during this, this COVID year, we have seen God do so many things. Back in, uh, when this thing first started back in March, we got three truckloads of food from Convoy of Hope. In the first four weeks, we handed out over 110,000 pounds of food in our community and around the area. We also, every, every Saturday, faithful people come out and do the food ministry. There's probably, there's probably 50 to 75 families, which are feeding probably has about three to 400 people every week that's happening. And, we, and the missions that we have done and given to missions to help further the gospel. People's mortgage payments at times we've paid and heating bills and electric bills and 
God's blessed us because we've been a giving church. And I just want to encourage you. Become, if you're generous, become more generous. If you, your generosity is not something you've been good at, begin to work at it. I had a guy tell me one time, he said, he said, Gary, he said, I give something away every day. Every day I give something away. He said, whether it's a pen or whatever, he said, I'll give something away. Give your time, give your talents, your resources. Amen. Give it away. Thanks for listening to the Tower Hill Church Podcast. Our prayer is that this message encouraged and inspired you in your journey with Christ. For more information, you can visit our website at th.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TowerHillNH. To give online, you can go to th.church. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time.